you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast is enriching themselves in bath salts. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, what is up, boys? It is the Super Bowl preview show. We made it. Didn't think we were going to make it, but we made it. Yeah, see, I appreciate Greg very, uh, you know, with authority, <laughs> jumping in there after the debacle we dealt with um, <laughs> on our mo- more recent show where neither one of us spoke and... Um, I do. I don't think this would be the right um, juncture to take bath salts. We have a lot to do over the next couple of days. Right. You don't want to wake there, up under a bridge with like four people next to right. you, none of them breathing. We we don't want to pull the podcast, the Super Bowl podcast equivalent of Barrett Robbins, the oh. Raider Center. From, sorry, oh, sorry, Greg. I'm, uh, I'm clutch, just clutching yeah. those pearls. It was oh, yeah. a tough. It was a tough spot for tough him. spot for old Br there. We don't want to do that. Uh, so we are going to keep it on the um, straight. And narrow, and you know, it is the Super Bowl, uh, and yet we're not there, and it just—it's obviously so different with the Chiefs and Bucks setting up in Tampa. Uh, Ricky, like, give me some NFL films music. Let's let's get mm. into, let's try to figure. Let's try to let's try to find a different pathway to get into this. I believe this is the song, "The Final Quest," by the Patrick great Sam Mahomes, <laughs> Tom Brady. Two legends of the sport. <laughs> Pretty good. That is not a bad descender, nice. Greg. 
Yes, this is it. This is the game. And I, I'm not spiking the football at the two-yard line to say I can't believe we've pulled this thing off because True. there's a COVID-laced barber uh, on the campus of the Kansas City Chiefs that has let us know that at all times the coronavirus remains in the picture. But we're almost there. We're almost to the finish line of the 2020 uh, NFL season. And we have a big show uh, coming up today filled with with great guests uh we're going to have kyle brandt who's going to join us uh when we do our go get my uh sandwiches uh super bowl predictions segment we also have a favorite uh, of ours going back to our youth and he's guys as plugged into super bowl history as anyone because he's always at the game and has been for 30 plus years chris mad dog russo of wfan fame and now sirius xm mm. and uh just in a, a couple minutes Baldy's going to talk uh, football uh, and the big game. Any kind of a big picture thoughts, Greg, as we get ready to, to talk Super Bowl 55 between the Chiefs and Bucks and uh, a very different Super Bowl setup for you personally, Greg, with Tom Brady uh, doing it for a different team? It is weird. I am going to enjoy getting because we might never or not get to do it again with our kids. It's certainly not at this age to watch some of the game. With them, I thought you, you said it well, how it doesn't feel the same. And maybe it is the football gods hooking us up here because you're, you're right. It doesn't feel the same. It's it, everything's different about the world we live in, certainly about our jobs. But OK, if if the Super Bowl is not going to be the same and you're not like, you know, it doesn't feel as same, you know, similar to the hype. How about the football gods give you two football gods? to go watch because you know the the matchup is about as good as as it possibly could be and it's like these two guys who have sort of stolen each other's superpower it's like we thought about if, if brady had a superpower when he was young it was his pocket presence and to me that that really sets mahomes apart right now and if mahomes has a superpower it's his deep ball and who's throwing the deep ball better than tom brady when people said you know his arm was kind of shot and not the same anymore so like the the gods are delivering if nothing else like a game we we should be as hyped as possible about I also think that you know we each have children that are um, that are into football enough to understand what's happening, and, 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 and some of them very plugged in, and to show them this game because they get to see Tom Brady near the end. Um, and I'm not saying that that's happening, you know, in the next year or two. Who knows? But and Mahomes decline, at the beginning, gradual decline. That that yeah. is that that has been a trenchant um, prediction. The gradual decline. There's, I, I would clearly say, <laughs> I Dan, mean, that I, you've, right. you've half nailed it. I did. You've I did get it right. It. I mean, he. Well, you never don't, you know when you're like riding a bike and you're like, oh, this is a little bit harder than I was expecting. And it turns out that the decline or the incline is so gradual that you didn't even notice it. But then when you're going back the other way, it's like, oh, this is kind of fun going down this. This didn't feel like a hill. It didn't look like a hill, but it kind of is. That's what this is. And I'll I don't buy think that. I, but I think I did a bad job specifying what I meant by it. it it's one <laughs> of those like tricky hills. Okay, uh, I I will attempt to buy that. I mean, if anything, I think he's having more fun under Bruce Arians uh, and outside of you know Patriots Empire than ever before. But the one other well, thing I, buy I just that. yeah, the one other thing I love to see. I mean, I I guess it's hard to like get a tangible idea of how this means. But we we've been watching these Super Bowls forever, and there's never been a case study of two teams having two weeks off with no media. Um, nonsense the same way it normally is, um, you know, that the Chiefs are flying into the game on Saturday beforehand. I mean, it's just a completely different experience. And for me, I think if you're Tampa Bay, um, yeah, the Chiefs have this big game experience from a year ago, almost their whole roster. But Tampa Bay has is in a home game situation. I, I just wonder what 
that will mean in terms of a quick start. Um, you know, the way that they've operated, there maybe is less distraction. Tom Brady's alone for 12 days. We'll see. I will never have a Super Bowl like this ever again unless the world has not changed a year from now. I, yeah, I hate everything about the, the Super Bowl and, and the way things are right now. And hopefully this never happens again. And next year when the game's right in our backyard here in L.A., it'll be blown out with all the pomp and circus. Bring it all back for me. I, I want it. I want it all. Uh, but like Greg said, maybe what comes out of this, the silver lining is, yes, we get to watch it at home with our families and and it's an awesome game because I think that we seem to be heading toward one of those Super Bowls where it just makes sense. It would be very surprising to me if this is a blowout. Um, I guess you could say that a lot of Super Bowl years where there's, it's turned out lopsided. But this one to me feels like both teams are well suited uh, to go toe to toe. And I don't sense Tampa Bay in any way is going to shrink in the moment because while the Chiefs have the Super Bowl experience of last year, the Bucks have a lot of guys that have been uh, around before, including, of course, the quarterback. The fact that they can't shoot the cannons off, though, mm. I, mean, I don't that, like that. That you got to let the cannons shoot. You got to let well, the cannons. If they cannons win, fire. they do. If they win, they say they can shoot it off after the game. So, but okay. what? Th- There's some th- motivation. There's some motivation in case that you right. know they they weren't properly. But some motivated. unnecessary, um, unfun nitpicking here. Why not? It's it is. This may not happen again for another 55 years. A home team in their own stadium and a home team that has a boat in their home stadium. A giant. <laughs> pirate ship on the seas you're not letting them fire off the kids i mean how crazy is it that we've taught you know for years and years when there's been a team that is a super bowl favorite that happens to be the year that their uh, home stadium is hosting you talk about it could they be playing in their own stadium and then when it finally happens after half a century it's during a pandemic where thirteen thousand people will be in the building and everybody will be wearing masks in in giant bubbles although it's florida so who knows what's actually going on down there um <laughs> all right now all right, we set the table. See, I'm already starting to feel better now. But the right. Super Bowl, you know, it's Super Bowl Good. Sunday coming up in, in just a few days. Let's get going and let's dive deep on football with someone who knows the game uh, as well as anyone out there. All right, yes, promised amazing guests in the Super Bowl preview. And who better to talk about the X's and O's of Super Bowl 55 than with the great, the iconic, Brian Baldinger, known as Baldy. And Baldy, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Welcome back. Where are you right now? Because it looks, I'm going to guess, cave in Peru. <laughs> I, I, I've been to caves in Peru. Uh, I'm not there now. Uh, I'm a little more plugged in than that. But I am in Hawaii. Um, so we had the Hula Bowl on uh, Sunday. So I announced the Hula Bowl. Rex Ryan was a coach on one side. Mike Singletary on the other side. We had a great time. A lot of good players. But, I mean, you can't come to Hawaii and just come and do a game. I mean, what's the point? you got to stay and take in you know, <laughs> some of, uh, you know, just some of the sunshine and the waves and the surf and the whole thing. So I'm trying to uh, squeeze as much juice out of, you know, the pineapples I possibly can. <laughs> I've kind of figured out that, like, at, when I become an adult at some point, I kind of just want to do what you're doing. You're Every time I turn around, you're in a different um, exotic location, uh, a man of, of mystery to some degree. Well, it's not a lot of mystery, Mark. I mean, but I mean, why why would you want to leave adolescence? You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> that's fair. Fun. Sometimes and I feel so, um, we we find time to get all the work done, study all the tape, grind as as much as anybody. But to me, it's just got to enjoy every moment possibly. So that's kind of my approach to everything here. And 
And I feel almost bad because I feel like we always go down this avenue with Baldy where we marvel at where he is and what he's doing. But it, it, you have to understand, Baldy, and I think you do because I think other people marvel in the same way that yeah. us other, you know, us middle-aged guys doing this podcast that have the kids and the wives and stuck inside. I think we kind of live vicariously through you and your adventures. You're so fucking. Okay. The, you said you're fighting a shark today. Well, like so, you know, we were supposed to fly to uh, Kona yesterday. And to go swim with these Pacific mantas. I don't know if you've divot, you know, if you've been around Pacific mantas, but they're not a lot recently. No. Yeah, okay, but like these creatures are unbelievable. Like just the, the wingspan on them is twenty feet, you know, and just one one little swoosh and they're they're gone, and they're just amazing. So they have this this uh, they have this night dive, which is a little scary, but they have this night dive with these Pacific mantas, and they literally come right up to you, and they they give you like a little smooch, you know. And so I just want to go down with my GoPro and go dive with these Pacific Manas because I've seen them, but I can't really, they're too fast for me to just swim with them. So I thought, okay, so we had this thing booked, but yesterday, for some reason, the weather in Hawaii was just atrocious. It was just windy and rainy and, you know, it was just like they called it off. And so I was bummed. So I'm like, we got to do something. I got to fly out of here today. And they're like, oh, we got it. We got it. We got this shark dive. It's just an hour boat ride. You, you dive in, there's these tiger sharks and these nurses and all these sharks, and you're just going to, they're going to chum the waters, they're going to come. I'm mm, like, it's a terrible right. idea. I mean, you're like, don't, don't worry, you'll be fine. I'm like, okay, so here we are. Like, mm. we're up against it right here. We can't back out now. We, we signed up and we're going. This could so, put a whole new meaning into Baldi's breakdowns, though, if it, yeah, if it goes yes. wrong. Yeah. What I'd like to do, though, Greg, is I'd like to be able to do the breakdown underwater. Like I yeah, need an, under, an underwater apparatus where I can like do it in real time, not post production. Like <laughs> I want to do it as the, the tiger's coming at me to give you a, a sense of the size and fear and all of that. So in case you're just tuning in, we're here. It is the final interview with Brian Baldinger, Baldy. Yeah. Um, Baldy, here we go. Super Bowl 55. Uh, you know, I saw a graphic, uh, did some Sky Sports stuff, as you do as well, yeah. Baldy, um, and they flashed up a matchup of the two offenses. I just want to start here with you because they, they show that both teams average 30 points a game. Both teams average, you know, 400 yards a game. Both quarterbacks have a pass rating over 100. It it looked like, and it kind of, I, I took a step back, it was like arena football, the way these offenses put up numbers, and you played in the league um, for a long time. Can you even recognize uh, the way the game is played now compared to what it was even 10, 15 years ago? Well, it, you know, it's played basically on a basketball court. I mean, it's fast break football. And if you're not playing that style or if you don't have that ability to play that style, then you're just not going to win a lot of games. I mean, you're going to win some because defenses can keep the score down and takeaways and things like that. But you, you've you got to be able to explode. I mean, some of these games now, it's interesting, Mark, because I always look at the number of possessions that a team gets. So if you look at this last matchup between these two teams in week 12, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went three and out their first four possessions. Now, they got back into the game. They made it close. But really, the game was over at halftime. So some of these games that we're watching, there's there's eight possessions. And so you've got to maximize the mm-hmm. possessions right now, especially when teams are going, you know, not this happens, doesn't happen a lot. But, the, you know, when you get to this level, you get to this final game, teams can go 12 plays in 85 yards and take eight minutes off the clock. And all of a sudden you're like, you're in the second quarter, you've had one possession. So, you know, if you, if you're in that type of game where you're only going to get seven or eight possessions, you better maximize it. And if you're thinking you're just going to be able to 
run the ball and, you know, and not take these chances and not throw the ball down the field and, and get these big chunk plays, then you're just not going to score enough points. And so both these teams have that ability to score points in bunches. And we, we, we've seen it. We saw, you know, the first time we really saw this from the, from the, um, from the chiefs was in the AFC championship game when they were down, what, 20, 14, nothing, 21, nothing against the Patriots. You know, they took the lead. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter. And there was nothing that Bill Belichick and, and that defense could do to really stop them. And so that's when you said, okay, because no lead is safe with the Chiefs right now. No lead. 9 nothing, 24 nothing. pick a score, uh, 20 to 10. No lead in any quarter is safe the way that they're capable of playing. Yeah, I look at them like right now at such a great point about patience because uh, I think of that moment when it was 9 nothing. Yeah. Uh in the AFC championship game this year. And they go on, they go on a very calm, like slow drive at a point where they really had to score. And Mahomes makes a couple great third down plays, but it, it kind of showed me the evolution of Mahomes and maybe the chiefs offense. Cause to me, that's maybe one difference between right now and that great 2018 chiefs team, which it, it's offense was just as good, but this one is different that now do you see Mahomes like just mentally from where he was two years ago, um, more on top of it, more willing to take that seven-yard throw to Kelsey, which feels like the most unstoppable play in football right, right now, and just kind of beat you slowly to death if if that's how you're going to play it. I, I think that's right. I mean, I think that's a good observation, and I I do think it's more more into that. They don't have as many explosive plays at the end of the season as they did in 2018. Um, they're not the number one offense in football like they were. And so I do think that there's more of that going on right now a little bit more patience Uh, he still has the desire and the eyes I mean I think his greatest strength is his eyes I mean he Mm -hmm. sees everything and you know a lot of guys can see things they just don't have the arm to get the ball anywhere and so I think it used to be his eyes would just get big when he'd see you know Demarcus Robinson 30 yards down the field on the other side of the field and he'd take the shot and while that would still work at times. I think right now he's more than more than satisfied taking that seven yard gain and just chipping away at it and just waiting for, you know, the moment to go big or to just finish the drive. You know, we are, we're 67 days um, out from when they last played each other. And I know it's sometimes chic to say, well, it doesn't matter what happened, you know, during the season, but I thought you had a great um, Baldy's breakdown on showing how the Bucks defense did not really do a great job tracking Tyreek Hill in motion. They let him get open. Um, and, and it wasn't him. It was when it wasn't him, it was Travis Kelsey. And I, one of my favorite Super Bowl um, deep dives is how Belichick dealt with Marshall Falk in that first Rams Super Bowl. He said that all week long, we're going to remove Marshall Falk from the game plan and then just deal with whatever Kurt Warner and friends um, have left over. I mean, with the Chiefs, this is that's a different era at this point. Can you even attack the Chiefs with that kind of a plan at all? Is there any way to do it? If you're Todd Bowles, how is your head not exploding uh, at this point? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you have to, like, in you know, in some of these breakdowns, I went back to, you know, the AFC Championship game and what Belichick did to Tyree Kill because he recognized his speed and, you know, how he could just ruin you in one play from anywhere on the field. And so, really, I thought the MVP of that game uh, was Devin McCourty because Devin McCourty, I don't know that he had a tackle in the game, but, I mean, he literally clouded played over the top of wherever Tyreek Hill went. He had one catch for 40 yards, didn't score a touchdown. They only threw to him three times. He just dissuaded Patrick Mahomes from going to him. And he did go to other guys in that game 
But I thought that that was an approach that maybe Todd Bowles can look at and say, look, Antoine Winfield Jr. can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, let's, but maybe we should remove him from doing a lot of things and put him over the top at free safety and Tyreek Hill. Because mm-hmm. what Andy's going to do, Andy Reid and, and Eric Bannerman are going to do is, like we've seen, I mean, their pre-snap motion is as much as anybody in the in the business, but it's with a purpose. Um, Andy always does things with a purpose. And so some of that movement of Tyreek Hill is so that you can't just say, okay, my free safety is going to be over the top of him. Because you don't know where he's going to end up. He could end up in the backfield, slot, outside. And so it's a little bit difficult. And then the same thing with Travis Kelsey. He does a lot of motion, one side of the field, the other. So if you want to do what, like, Belichick did to Marshall Falk and say, take Kelsey out, let's say. Well, you don't know where he's going to be. And then is that going to mess up the assignment within the framework of the defense if you try to take Kelsey out and go punch him or knock him off or not let him get off the line of scrimmage? So, I mean, Andy knows what you want to do, and so they scheme around that a lot. So it's – part of the chess match that makes this game so fascinating on Sunday. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a great conversation, but Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes uh, to Travis Kelsey, what's the most unstoppable one, two punch uh, in the receiving game right now? I, I think you have to give it to the chiefs or at least I do by a hair. And then I know you talked about this this week, um, but love to hear some more of your thoughts on it. Uh, Gronk at his peak, uh, of course, now he's in Tampa and he has a different role. But Gronk at his peak with Tom Brady, that's another one of those unstoppable pairings of all time. Like, who would you take in a cage match, uh, peak Kelsey, which is right now, <laughs> against peak Gronk uh, earlier last decade? Well, you know, when I when I did that breakdown, I mean, I, I, I really thought about it long and hard because they, they really are different players. I mean, Travis Kelsey – although he does block and he will kind of interfere with the defender every once in a while. I mean, he's <laughs> basically a giant receiver. And if you ever, if you ever just watch the chiefs warm up, I mean, their warmups, their warmups are over an hour and Kelsey runs every single route in the tree and he runs it. And you look at him, you go, you see his speed and his size, but then his agility. And so he's, I think more agile than Gronk. I think he's probably, Faster over a period of time, I think Gronk early on, like 2011 when he had 17 touchdowns, I mean, he might have been able to, to run with Kelsey, but he he couldn't run routes like that. He, I mean, he just Gronked people and so and carried people. And so it was a little bit different. But, you know, Gronk is one of the great, if not the best blocking tight end I've ever seen. And we've seen it in the playoffs this year. We've seen him pass block, you know, uh, Chase Young. We've seen him block on Cam Jordan. I mean, some really talented players. Montez Sweat, he's handled one-on-one. Um, you know, he's really valuable as an inline blocker. And he's, while well, he he has, throughout his career, gone out wide to wide receiver in the slot, in motion. I mean, done all these different things. But I still think of Gronk as a true Y, a guy that can really anchor the line of scrimmage, strong side runs. He can handle defensive ends, outside linebackers. And he still can. And he, and he looks like, well, you know, it's probably not his favorite thing to do. He, he's still good at it. Mm. And that's just something that Kelsey doesn't do. But I to answer your, I think, the first question, Devontae Adams right now, Mahomes, or, um, you know, which one would you take? I, I said the same thing. When I watch Kelsey, he looks unstoppable, in, in part because um, the offense goes through him. I mean, he's going to get 10 targets, you know, minimum, and so does Devontae. But 
I think that where the difference is, is that when Patrick Mahomes breaks the pocket, I mean, his first look is at Kelsey. And Kelsey almost always uncovers. I mean, I don't care who you put on him. I mean, he's just going to shake him loose in that moment to just be free for a second. And Mahomes uh, instinctively just keeps finding him. It's crazy. I mean, you put your number one cornerback on him, like, and he, and he beats your number one cornerback. What, what, what do you do at that point? But before we, you know, let you go and everything, Baldy, I feel like, like you're a guy in the trenches and you're talking about this fast break football and you're talking about passing game. Um, but you're a former offensive lineman. And I'm sure you you got to look at this game and think, what what a mismatch that the Bucks have this underrated, I, I think, awesome offensive line, maybe one of the very best in the league, not getting like a ton of pub. And the Chiefs weren't really a great offensive line all year, and they just lost their left tackle. And to me, that is a, a, a big thing to overcome. And and do you think like that that could be the difference in this game? I do, and I do, and I've looked at it hard. And they played 17 snaps with this reconstituted offensive line. You know, of Remmers and Allegrotti and Ryder and, you know, now Wisniewski back in there and going for his third Super Bowl title. Every team needs a Wisniewski. Uh, you know, and then you put you know, take Andrew Wiley and put him out at right tackle. They were fine for 17 plays against Buffalo, but, I mean, this is a different front that they're going against. And I do think it's going to be a factor. But I remember I was at this offensive line um, seminar this year in Dallas, and, and Ryan Jensen was there. And so I was kind of – I was there sort of doing some instruction and doing some film work, and it was a good group. I'm Karen Armstead and Lane Johnson. It was kind of the who's who of the NFL in a COVID world. So, you know, it wasn't the biggest turnout, but we, we had a number of guys. I remember we, we I sat down with a lot of these guys. I sat down with Ryan Jensen. He's You know, I don't, I'm sure you guys have interviewed him or whatever. I mean, he's a great character of the game, and he, he's an underrated player. But I remember, you know, getting to asking him about Tom Brady, and he goes <laughs> – he just sort of like shakes his head. He goes, Baldy, he goes, I've been playing center my whole life. I've never had a quarterback give me dissertations on how to snap the ball. He goes, I, <laughs> he's asking about the laces, a wet ball, rain, wet field, where I wear my towel. Like, I'm getting 30 minutes on the snap. Like, I just thought <laughs> I was just going to, you know, shotgun snap it to him. But, you know, where I want it, right side, hip pocket. Um, like, that's, you know, I, I, I kind of just – knew the the depth that Brady goes to in every detail of the game, but I never thought it would come down to the center. But getting back, I just thought in watching all the rookie offensive linemen this year that I held my vote until the very end because the playoffs matter and they should matter. And Tristan Wirfs, when he pitched the shutout against Cam Jordan, and Jordan gave him everything he had. He gave him power, speed to power. Uh, he gave him every move he had, and he couldn't beat him. And, and that guy is just an amazing player, and he's a good mm-hmm. run blocker. And so I just look at, you know, what Tampa's doing up front, and I just think they got a big advantage up front with the way their offense line is playing. Let's, so it's the Super Bowl, and, and it, what's different about this than back in Week 12 is you've got, you know, grandmothers and, and uncles and maybe people that are casual fans that are watching. This is the one game they watch. Give me, if you can, think of our listeners who are going to be with these people. Give me like a cool line that they can tell their um, casual fan relatives on how to watch a game. What do you, what's the number thing you, you put the, the ball, you got the offense and defense, everyone's hanging out. What do you, what, instead of just watching Mahomes, what would you say to sound cool to someone very educated on how to, you know, process each play? It's a big ask. It's a big right. ask to make Mark look cool. Well, I have answers, but I'm talking about, you know, you know, help our audience here. So, Well, I would say just 
like when the Chiefs have the ball, instead of just watching Mahomes, which it's hard not to do, let's face it. Uh, he's mesmerized because, you know, you might just hit, see, you know, some out-of-the-park home run on any given play. But I would say just key on Vita Vea. Because if you look at Vita Vea, number 50, for the Bucks, I mean, I'm in Polynesia here, right? So, I mean, Vita Vea is like the <laughs> definition of Polynesian power. But, you know, one guy can't block him. All right, so it's going to take two. So just if you concentrate on 50, you're going to see a whole bunch of other guys sort of bunched up in the middle there. And either he's going to push the pocket and force Mahomes to step aside or get out of the pocket, and that's where the play's going to start. Mm. So that would be a cool thing to kind of look at, look at Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vea inside and just start the play from the inside out. And mm. so, um, you know, that that's kind of how I would do it. I like that. We'll start to play from the inside out. I also like Polynesian power. There's just something about that, uh, those two words together that I enjoyed. Baldy, um, you're the man. Please be safe. I know you will. And if a shark ever messed with you, I know what you would do. You would punch it in the nose and it would sink to the bottom of the sea anyway. So uh, take my GoPro and just hit it in the nose. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) What's the final score, Baldy, before we say goodbye? I'm going to go 31 28 Tampa. There you go. All right. I love it. The Baldy prediction. Thank you. Uh, Great. There he goes, Brian Baldinger, the great Baldy. Follow him on Twitter, NFL Network, and as you know, he is a great adventurer. We are, we listen. We like I said to him, I feel like we do hit that well often when whenever we talk to Baldy. But how could you not? How could you not? I mean, there's how very could you not when he's literally diving with sharks today? It's not like, hey, remember that story or you know whatever. It's like, no, that's that's his life. That's right. Bobby. We're not looking back on you know the one adventure he had. The man is just constantly um, challenging the world in every way that you can. I I, I liked what you said, Dan. I look up to uh, the way he lives his life and realize that's not the way I'll be living mine anytime soon. I wonder how uh, because I don't think he lives his life. Um, we're obsessed with Brian Baldinger. I don't think he lives his life in a self-conscious way in any way. But at the same time, I know he knows that people expect him to have stories about his adventures. Do you think that's maybe part of his motivation? Um, Okay, I know I'm going to be doing the rounds for Super Bowl. Let me go dive with the Sharks so I got this story locked and loaded. Do you think he thinks like that way at all? That's very cynical. I do not think he he thinks like that. I think he knows. That's just strategic. I, well, to even consider that that would be – I think he knows he'll have some good stories, but that's that's not uh, generating it at all. I don't. That, that would have been a next-level question to ask him four <laughs> minutes ago when he was here. I think it would have um, – you guys would have gotten more honest. You'd, you'd, I you'd think really I know the mesh. answer. I guess that's why I didn't ask him because I think Baldy lives his life uh, by his own principles and everything else falls uh, the way it does, often uh, to his benefit. One of the many interesting things that – that Baldy said there uh, in a football capacity, you know, he mentioned Vita Vea who came back from the fractured ankle kind of out of nowhere. We, we had talked about earlier in the season, what a dominant force he was in the middle of that uh, defensive line for Tampa Bay. He breaks his ankle. You figure, okay, see you in 2021. All of a sudden he's activated and he plays some snaps in the NFC title game. Now he gets two more weeks um, of rest and I, there are reports out there that he, he's feeling he's feeling good. Patrick Mahomes um, made a point uh, to say that you need to be aware where this guy is at all times. And I just think that's a potentially a major factor. Like you were talking about, Mark, uh, how can you look cool? And I think uh, Baldy hit on it because if you – what we were learned about Vita Vea when there was a lot of heat around him was that he can – 
take up blockers in the middle. He could free up the outside rush. And if he is two weeks healthier, uh, look out. That could be a major issue for Mahomes, who we were told his toe is healthy now. Uh, but you never know what it, where he's actually at from a mobility standpoint. Well, I think the two weeks helped both of these teams. I mean, the injury reports are very light. I mean, I think it's huge. I think we can forget that in the Packers game, the Bucks got to a point where they had like no starting safeties in the lineup. And I, you know, that impacted that. You got Antoine Winfield Jr. back this time. He said he's 100% playing and he feels good. Um, Jordan Whitehead was hurt in that Packers game. He's back in theory. I mean, Antonio Brown. So, I mean, if anything, uh, you know, the Bucks have added a lot of weapons. But you're right. Vea, I mean, to get him back when they did made a big difference. And, I mean, if Baldy's telling me that I will look cool by saying that that's <laughs> the centerpiece to keep an eye on, I'm going to use that information to my advantage. Well, he's their best player, Vea. You're right. I guess I think it was a little overlooked because you also didn't know His what you were going to get their, out of him. Their best defensive player. Best defensive yeah. player, sorry. Um, their best defensive lineman, even, just to be specific. Um, and I would say best defensive player. If, if you watch a game, you know, he was still mostly just a third down guy. And so now you might even get him a little more. Reminds me a little bit of like a, a, a souped up Vince Wilfork at his peak who made a huge difference in some Super Bowls. And when you watch that game, I, I think he was a huge reason why, you know, Shaq Barrett went off because he was getting one-on-ones. There was one play where JPP had the sack where just because of the confusion, because of Vea and the way that they did some stunts, it's like they, they double teamed William Golston by mistake. And, and suddenly you got Vea, JPP, and uh, Shaq Bear, all with one-on-ones on the same play, and all three of them win. And it's like, that's where you might be Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. You know, I know Rodgers isn't quite as mobile as Mahomes. It's like, no, no quarterback's getting out of that. And that, I think that is like the Bucks' best hope, uh, is those three guys just going off with Bea in the middle. Have I ever been more wrong um, about a player on this podcast than suggesting last season that Shaq Barrett's, you know, early surge in takedowns was was a <laughs> he didn't have a great year this year That's he didn't a have a great year it was a lot of players players year. That you've stumped he did not play that well this year but he cranked it up in the playoffs he didn't prove JPP. me right or yeah. either i mean he's, no, he's no. a factor he kind of needed that big playoff game to kind of stick it to you and say that i wasn't a fluke um it's personal so he needed that yeah it does feel personal um speaking <laughs> of personal uh our next guest it's a very personal guest uh, for all the fellas here at the Around the NFL podcast. Yes, he is a legend uh, in the industry. And Chris Russo headlines the Mad Dog Sports Radio channel on Sirius XM. And he recently launched his own Sirius XM podcast called Digging Up the Past with Christopher Russo. Yes, for the second straight year. And if we could do it next year in L.A., we will have a full-on tradition Chris Mad Dog Russo joins the Around the NFL podcast to talk Super Bowl 55. What's up, Mr. Russo? Pleasure. Good year, two years in a row. Hopefully it's so fine next year we'll be flying. I, it can't be worse. We have to <laughs> next year. Things got to blow over eventually. So hopefully next year in person out there in Southern California. Yeah, we, we for the first time, had Chris on the show in Miami um, last year, and we spoke about it then. I'm from Rockland County in New York. Mark grew up in Connecticut. Uh, uh, Greg uh, was more uh, a fan during the Yes years, I think, of Mike and the Mad Dog, where you watched a lot. So we're all huge, huge fans of you and always have been. And our colleague, uh, Chris, Steve Weiss, posted a photo on social media from Radio Row in Tampa. And it was a completely empty convention center floor with the exception of one show well off in the distance. I have to ask, because you're a renowned workaholic, 
was that you in the deep distance? Uh, can I guys guy see the, Let me see the picture. You got a picture there or no? I, I, I wish I did, and that, that shows our lack of preparation. Uh, well, you know, we were in Tampa for that. The first one that was in Tampa from the in the old days for Mike and I was the uh, Buffalo Giant one. Uh, right. Great game. That was the uh, Super Bowl twenty five, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, we were in. Uh, we did the show on a third floor at downtown Hyatt. And a lot of the Giant fans came to visit because, you know, the Giants from the Super Bowl is a big story. They had beaten San Francisco the week before. There was no week off that year. And we did the show there. We did not do it at a convention, at a conference center or a, or a convention center. We did it in the third floor of the Hyatt. And it had a band. And the band, the <laughs> hotel hired every day to play at 5 o'clock. And by Thursday or Friday, there were so many New York fans who were wrapped up on the Giants and the Bills. They had taken over the dance floor so the band could not play. <laughs> yelling about what Mike and I had to say about the, the game that Buffalo and the Giants played. Great game, 2019. I was also during the war. So it was a weird uh, scenario at the old sombrero there, uh, the old stadium in Tampa, getting into the stadium, getting out of the stadium. You know, a lot of security and everything else. And the Giants, of course, with the wide right by Norwood, won that great game. Super Bowl with no turnovers, which is also something. Uh, they may have been one since with no turnovers, but one of the few Super Bowls with no turnovers. Giants mm-hmm. by a point. I got to tell you, it's, uh, you know, I text my dad. He's on the East Coast. We're out here in L.A. Haven't been able to see each other. But I'll, you know, I'll tell him, like, we interviewed you know, Bruce Arians. We interviewed uh, you know, player X, Y, and Z. It's always, oh, nice. That's cool. But when I say we have you know, Mad Dog on the show, he gets, it's a visceral reaction. He's very, the, the text comes quick because we used to drive around um, our town together, listen to you. So it's, it's awesome to have you on. I want to ask you something that I would imagine maybe you know, back in the day on the fan that you would, that you would discuss because we, we've debated this on this show, do you think that Bill Belichick is rooting for Tom Brady, <laughs> or is there this phantom um, angst and dislike between the two that prevents Belichick from being, uh, I guess, honorable in that sense? Uh, I think uh, it's a very good question, and I asked Phil Sims that very thing today. I just think based on the idea that if Brady wins the Super Bowl, he's got he's to answer another question during training camp. I got a sense that probably down deep, I don't think he hates Brady. I think they get they, they they respect each other to no end. But I do think probably he's rooting for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. Only because uh, you know, <laughs> does he want to be dealing with the fact for the rest of his life that Brady won a Super Bowl without Belichick and Belichick did not win a Super Bowl without Brady. I mean, the two of them are joined at the hip. So I would think if he's being honest with himself, and, you know, he's not going to ever admit it, but if he's being honest with himself down deep, you got to figure that Belichick is mm. really- win the game I would mm. think and I don't think that means he hates Brady I just think it you know a professional he you know he doesn't want to be a situation where the guy that leaves him ends up winning and he ends up seven and nine so as a result of that I have to believe that at the end of the day he's going to root for the Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. I, you know to that point because I agree with you 100% mad dog and Greg Rosenthal here he he's he's a Patriots homer so he he doesn't he doesn't like that uh but if if Tom Brady, even just getting to the Super Bowl with a new team is a big deal. If he does win on Sunday, the chicken and the egg thing with, with Brady and Belichick is an interesting conversation. I almost feel like Belichick needs to build another winner before he goes out, uh, or else it's going to be seen as uh, that Brady was the real driver on some level. 
I think there is. I think you're right on the button with that. I do think, and that's another reason why Belichick's going to root for the root for the uh, root for Kansas City. You don't remember the Super Bowl losers as well as you remember the Super Bowl winners. Well, if, uh, I do think you know. Listen, Brady's got a ton of offense there. Uh, he got a big break with the Jared Cook fumble there against the Saints when he fumbled at midfield with the Saints up by a touchdown. And he's got Evans, and he's got Goodwin, and he's got Antonio Brown, and he's got Gronkowski, he's got Cameron Braid, he's got a lot of guys. So he's got a very good offensive team, and he's had a very good year. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it does put an explanation, explanation point in his career, if he needs it, uh, to win another Super Bowl and go 7-3 and three in the 10 that he's been involved in. I think the Chiefs will probably win. I think a very, you know, close game. I wouldn't rule out the Bucks, but I think the Chiefs will probably win. Because uh, I just think he's so good, Mahomes. But it would really separate Brady from Belichick uh, if he hasn't already separated himself a little bit as it is by getting to the game, if, in fact, he won it. So mm. a big opportunity for Brady in this game. He's going to play a couple more years, as you all know. Belichick's got to find a quarterback, has to find some weapons. That's going to take some time, too. So for the immediate future, Brady's going to have more success than his old coach is going to have. Well, you know, but he, he Belichick also had like a little head start there, winning a couple Super Bowls with the Giants. I guess I'm I like to think right. that that Belichick um, is rooting for Brady. Number one, he knows he's going to be spending the rest of his life with Brady. They're going to be together, pretty you know, on a relatively short order. Brady will be retired, and they will be attending every banquet and every celebration uh, for the rest of their life. And it also, if he is rooting against them, it would be proof that th- there's never enough winning. That there would be, ne- there would never be enough winning to satisfy you, to make you feel whole enough that you're a big enough person to just enjoy it. Which it does feel like Belichick at this point has reached that stage on some level where he's kind of not laid back in any way, but he he's just an enjoy it. And you could also flip it, and I'm curious what you think about this, <laughs> Mad Dog. Hey, Andy Reid goes and wins the Super Bowl here. I'm not saying you know you're going to put him up there with Belichick, but but it's been my opinion that before Andy Reid even won this last Super Bowl, that he's the most influential coach of the last two decades. Him and Belichick, you know, you, you, they're different. But in terms of changing the game and what he's meant, the people that have been under him, the way he coaches offense, all the coaches, everything that Andy Reid believes in, now that is the NFL. If he you know, goes back-to-back back like Belichick uh, once did back in the day, he starts stacking up wins. Like, where do you see Andy Reid in the coaching kind of hierarchy? Uh, 100%. He's got the great quarterback there. Mahomes, everybody knows, unless he gets hurt, is going to be at many more of these games. I think the Belichick thing and Brady is just about competitiveness. I mean, you yeah. can't be that great and not be competitive. And, you know, I, I have to believe that Don TP is probably rooting for the Chiefs. As far as the Reid goes, you know, Reid had a bad reputation. Not a bad reputation, but a big game, couldn't get a done reputation for a long time. You know, he lost three championship games in a row at home uh, with the Eagles. Um, you know, it was time to go for Philadelphia. He got off to, lost that terrible game to Indianapolis that one year, a few years ago, and he had that huge lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's always a good coach, but you always wondered about time management and if he can get over the hump uh, with, uh, you know, and win a Super Bowl. And obviously he's got Mahomes sitting there who's so good and by far and away the best quarterback. He drafted him. He was middle of the first round. You know, uh, Clark Hunt told me the story. didn't tell me. He told everybody the story that when he was wondering, uh, when Reed was about to draft Mahomes, he called Hunt and said, you got to come down to this. You got to come down and look at this. You got to come down from your office and take a look at this. So he called Hunt 
from his office to go down to the film room to watch Mahomes at Texas Tech. This is the guy we're going to draft for. So there you go. Uh, so, and Hunstead draft him. So, and as it turns out, <laughs> in Mahomes. I mean, he, Mahomes is going to win. You know, who knows how many he's going to win. I think he might win tomorrow. He's going to be in what? Or be, win on Sunday. He's going to win. He's going to be in what? Five, six Super Bowls minimum? I mean, does anybody think that Mahomes, who's in his, you know, what, low to early to mid-20s, is not going to be at this game six, seven times in his career? It has mm. to be. I mean, how would he not be? I, I mean, you would think he's, you know, Kelsey's going nowhere. Reed's going nowhere. Hill's going nowhere. They know what they're doing. But they're, I mean, they got something good going here for a period of time. And, you know, he's going to win some. Now, I don't think he's going to necessarily win six or seven like Brady. But Mahomes is going to win, I would say, you know, he's going to win four, five. And if Reed sticks around for that long and wins them as it is, he's going to be right up there with the Lombardis and the Belichicks because how many can you say that Belichick, he's 68, 69 years of age, he's not going to win a Super Bowl next year. I mean, it's going to take Belichick a long, long time to get back to this level, and he's won six now, and Reed's already won one, and he's got the quarterback for the next 10 years. He might win three or four more. So at mm. the end of the day, Reed might be as close to Belichick as you would uh, as we mm. would be. We'd be surprised to think how close he might be to Belichick. Chris, Chris, this this speaks to how influential you are on 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 this podcast. That when Greg made the point earlier that Belichick had a head start uh, in winning titles, I said to myself, "That's fair." Which is Chris Russo one one. I'm one. I'm one. That's a good job by you, Mikey, away from getting a, a copyright lawsuit um, from you. Uh, my my last question for you, Chris, is uh, one of my favorite. Uh, uh, kind of Mike and the Mad Dog tropes was when you guys would talk non-sports and right. go down wormholes. And I'm curious, uh, as someone who's uh, followed you for years, during this quarantine, during the lockdown, like what has Chris Russo been binge watching? What, what do you, how are you staying like your tennis game? How's that going? Like what have you been doing? I, let's, let's steer it. Let's stay on the pop culture end of things. What TV shows or movies have you been into? Exactly. I did, you know, for the radio, I moved it all over the place. I did a lot of music, too, uh, (laughs) something that I wouldn't normally have done. Uh, Here are the shows that I've watched in conclusion since the pandemic. Some I had given, I hadn't followed through with, and I did. I made sure I watched the whole three seasons of Ozark. I made Mm. sure I watched the whole three seasons of The Crown. Uh, I made sure I went back and watched 66 shows of the Americans, which I did not see originally. Wow. Mm. Uh, I made sure I didn't see season six and seven of Homeland, and I didn't even see season eight yet, so I made sure I watched that. I watched three seasons of Yellowstone, which I hadn't – that's 31, 32 shows. Um, I have just started watching Your Honor. I'm five shows into that with Cranston. I just started watching yesterday the morning show on Apple TV. So <laughs> in there. So the Americans, Yellowstone, caught up on Ozarks, caught up on the crown, and caught up on um, uh, the homeland. So those are the five. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Rank them, though. What's number one, at least? As far as the music is concerned, I saw saw Laurel Canyon about 30 times. I watched the biography on Bob Dylan. I watched Remember My Name by with Crosby. I've gone back and watched all the birds and Roger McGuinn and Joni Mitchell things I can possibly find. I watched the Jim Morrison movie with Val Kilmer. You remember that mm. in 1991? Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, I've been all over it from a music. I, I've been all the music and the TV shows. 
I've been completely all over. I have not watched the movies. I haven't gone back and watched all the the Oscar winners. But the t- if you think about it, those are 66 American shows. I watched 20, 20, 20 Crowns is 86. I watched 33 um, uh, Yellowstone, so that's 122. I watched uh, seven more of the uh, morning show and the uh, Your Honor, that's 130. I mean, I have watched probably, and then a two, two seasons of Homeland. I have probably watched 150. Oh, my God. I got, and I've read millions of books. But I have probably watched 150 series shows since March 13th. That's ridiculous. I That's a good answer. I, I don't know if I don't know like when you when you sleep or if you're sleeping. I'm quite impressed. I, I have one quick WFANS question for you. Uh, our producer Erica, if she can play this sound clip real fast. All right. By the way, hard to find that on YouTube. A good, a good version of that because really? having to heard a hundred times, you're you're the map. How did how did that come about? Where like how did you even dream that up? Pinpoint the exact day or the period. I really can't. I think it probably just evolved. Uh, I don't remember when that became such a big deal. Now, now I do it constantly. I do it on the TV. I do it radio. I do it five o'clock. Now I can't get it. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's obvious. I probably did it two or three years in with Mike. So I would say probably in the early 90s. I'd have to go back and listen to those first few shows to see how I began the show. Because I always used to begin the show with Mike. You know, I began it and I usually close it. Adios or see you tomorrow or whatever. So I usually began it and ended it. And got Mike, and then we got then we got moving together as the show goes. But I don't know when I actually began with the end. Mm. Now I actually did it at Radio City Music Hall in 2016. Whenever we did that show at Radio City Music Hall, mm-hmm. I came up the elevator. They got an elevator behind Radio City, which takes you from the ground floor to the fl- first floor at Radio City, and it's a closed thing in the back. It's an elevator, and it's an outdoor big elevator. And I actually practiced it. Before then, and then they opened up the curtains when I did the ant. So they, I, I've actually done it at Radio City Musical, but I have done that ant for a hell of a long time. My God. Many, many, many years. Chris Russo, once again, headlines the Mad Dog Sports Radio channel on Sirius XM, his new podcast, Digging Up the Past with Christopher Russo. And, and before we say goodbye, I want everyone to understand, Chris noted that he thinks the Chiefs win again last year on this very show. Listen to what Russo's prediction was of Super Bowl 54. Mm. So I think it's a dead-even game. Um, I think first to 31 will win. I'll probably lean Mahomes. Flawless victory. Final <laughs> score, Chiefs 31, 49ers 20. You Thank nailed you. not just Damn, the— did, not, I, did I really—I said the Chiefs will get the 31. That is not, I did not know I had done that. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I so lean him all. That's fair. And the first to 31, and they got 31. That's a, How come I don't get that right in Vegas, for crying out loud? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Next. so, yeah, thank you for joining us, and I hope to, you know, see you at SoFi Stadium or some convention center in L.A. next year. 12 months. Thank, thank you, Chris. Right. Okay. There he goes, the legend. You know, if there are listeners who – didn't grow up in Northeast, aren't in the same age range as us, don't even live in America potentially, you have to um, um, forgive us for geeking out when Russo is on because it is, uh, 
it really is it, it, it's an honor in a way because I don't think I'm doing this if his show didn't exist so that that's geeking out and to get a reaction out of him like that at the end actually that's a bit of a thrill I have to be honest I I, I had the same thought like just for what we do and the way that we you know cover sports on this show um, it's most thrilling to me when it's when mm. it kind of feels like WFAN and, it, and I, if you take the 25,000 hours I spent listening to WFAN when, you know, I have no car, you got no girlfriend, you got nothing going on except WFAN in your life, um, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be here. I'd be somewhere completely different, so I'm with you. When you played the the intro, Good Afternoon, Everybody, I knew that was not the one from the day after the Yankees blew a 3 nothing series <laughs> in the ALCS, which personally was one of, was my favorite um, intro ever. Yeah. It lasted about a minute. He lost it, his voice. He just screaming. And then the next three hours after that uh, were just uh, some of the most fun I've ever had as a fan, like relishing a victory. The closest we maybe ever got was was the Patriots uh, losing last year and Dan, Dan's glee in that because Mad Dog was ultimately just sticking it to Francesa too and just the he way was. that Francesa, he was Francesa, a massive uh, Yankee fan and, and Russo, a Giants fan, San Francisco Giants fan in baseball, but a Yankee hater. So it was perfect. Ricky, jump in a second because Erica, like when, when Russo was like, I teed him up on what he's been watching and not only does he give the answer, he actually adds up the hours and all that. Erica, as someone who has no knowledge of Russo, her head was spinning. She couldn't understand what was even happening. I have no idea what I, I'm like sitting here watching and he's just like counting. But what what was more upset, not upsetting, it was just crazy to watch was the three of your faces. Like all three of you were so happy to watch this guy count to like 150 and it's like three little boys just mm. watching their hero count to 150 like I it mean, was unbelievable <laughs> yeah. it is it would be like the equivalent of erica meeting who i don't know who did I, Swift? Even, I don't know you could you think that 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 guy counting to 150 is the same as taylor swift it's more <laughs> it's more yeah it mean, is? Erica was also like, I bang out 150 shows in like two months. That is nothing for me in 10 months. That, yeah, but come that's on. more of an age thing. Yeah. Um, like, all right. That but was do you know it? Like, he didn't have that written down. Like, he was just like, oh, actually, 33 episodes of season <laughs> two. Uh, about 28 episodes of Homeland. Like, how did he? That's ridiculous. That, he thinks a little differently than, than some of us. He's like, wired ridiculous. differently. I think Mad Dog is a, um accurate description of who he is as a person. And as a personality. All right. Good stuff. And he did he did predict the Chiefs winning this year. And um, as you heard, he had him, he had the numbers spot on, uh, 31 points for the Chiefs and a win over the 49ers. So, you know, I mean, if, you Dan, are, you, if you're going I, to the I, desert, I don't know. Maybe think about that. You, Dan, you have I, – I don't know if you've ever struck um, a victory with more emotional weight than Mad Dog Russo essentially aligning and agreeing with everything that you said about Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> I had a feeling he was going to be on my side of that ledger, but it was good to see it all play out that way. Um, all right. We keep on rolling in the Super Bowl special. Up next, another very special guest and uh, a good friend of the show. Let's welcome him in. It's a man who needs no introduction, but I'll give it to him anyway. He is one of the fine hosts of Good Morning Football, and he also hosts 10 Questions, a great program on Spotify and The Ringer. Yeah, you know who it is. It's Kyle Brandt. <laughs> What's up, dudes? Super Bowl week. Let's go. It's our Mardi Gras. 
<laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Mardi Gras this year. It just uh, obviously everything feels different. But the fact that you're right now sleeveless in your angry runs T-shirt, your tank, it does bring a little normalcy to uh, the proceedings. Thank you. I'm going sleeveless. There's a new show that I'm trying to get on. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's called the Real World Road Rules Challenge, and uh, <laughs> that's going to be my new goal for 2021. So I'm trying to Wait, show off really? the a little bit. No, they're going to they're, they're want you on that. They're, I'm they're, sure they've asked Kyle many times, right? Come on. They stopped asking me around 05. They asked and asked. And, at, you know, at the time, I was a very, very serious thespian in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. So I would never, never drop down to do that. But I, I'm on record that if the cash and the first class travel is there, I am now open to it. Mm. So, guys, if you're there, uh, Johnny Bananas and CT, I'm coming for you. Me and Anissa are going to take you out. You're, uh, and you documented, I believe, on a New Year's Eve uh, Instagram post. You're in the best shape of your life right now. Like wow. CT's like 47 at this point, and he's still doing the show, I think. So I think you, at what are you, 42, 43? You could. I just turned 42. Right there you go. You'd win. Yeah. I um normally when I when I get the itch to do the challenge, all it takes is just seeing one promo that says like this season on the challenge. And it's just like triple kissing and jacuzzis and like guys on HGH sucker punching people in bandanas. And I was like, no, I'm I'm out. I don't think I can hang with that crowd. I'm more comfortable with you guys. Yeah, you're you're a suburban dad. uh, And, you know, it's like we just had Baldy on and Baldy was saying, oh, yeah, I was going to swim with the manta rays later today. But that fell through. So now I'm actually going to swim with sharks. We're going to chum the waters and jump in like some guy. Baldy, again, a unique case where. A man of his age, it doesn't matter. He's on his own life adventure. For the rest of us, that you you kind of reach a point where you slip away from the place where a sucker punch and a jacuzzi and all that lifestyle is acceptable. Quite frankly, yeah. I, aren't, guys, aren't we supposed to be reaching our like run with the bulls in Pamplona portion of our lives mm. and like polar bear club and all that? I, I just I, I don't I don't I just want to sit down and, and drink gin and watch the Queen. Like that's that's what I want to do. I'm cool. Well, but also get. Jack to a point where you know I don't know if you if you fit into the dad's I mean I when I think of dads they're like they're a little pudgy um they got some work to do I mean yeah. I mean you know you're moving out of that realm to some degree and I am a little concerned about that maybe too Jack uh, I am too I am too but listen what goes down must go up the only fun mm. in losing 30 pounds is then gaining it back you know it's like I you know Vigo Mortensen lost like 50 pounds to be in the road that like very serious Cormac McCarthy novel that he did. And then he was in green book and he ate nothing but sausage for like six months. And it it was way more fun. Believe me. Yeah. We, all of us, I guess are technically could be square in our midlife crises, all four of us in our forties. You know, I just watched the crown um, episode with uh, Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband, where he watches the moon landing and it triggers something in him and, and shows that, you know, when he's giving speeches to the concrete union while man is on the moon, like, where where am I? And it actually did. It was affecting to the old Zeuser where I, I actually started to think about things. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it does it does hit you. It hits you at this time in life. It's, it hits you so much that it, mm. earlier when I said I want to just drink gin and watch the queen. I mean, the crown. The problem is I drink the gin. I pass out during the opening credits. I don't even get past the associate producer, which is another part of getting older. Like I'm, I'm ready on Friday night at like eight o'clock to go to sleep. It's rough. Yeah, I, like I've you. skipped the midlife crisis. I just have a crisis. There's no <laughs> real start or end date to that. So, um, all right. So, good discussion on mortality. Let's yep. start edging toward the the Super Bowl and football talk. And I want to 
Um, Kyle, as you know, and very uh, lucky and happy to be a part of Good Morning Football during the season. Kyle does it every day, um, hours and hours of content. So you do that, but you also have this 10 questions interview show and I really enjoy it. And you had Brett Favre on uh, this week. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that I'm very edgy when it comes to the sack record. Jets fans, we don't have much. We had Mark Gastineau with that record. And and Kyle, uh, right on the nose, right on the money, made sure to make that an aspect of the conversation with Favre. Let's listen to a little bit of that. So you're saying that there's no part of you that was aware of the record and wanted to give him the no, same I was aware record. of the record, yeah. I could okay. care less if he got it or not. Uh, I played against Michael Strahan many a times, one in particular, uh, that put, propelled them into the championship game, maybe to the, the Super Bowl. And he was he was hell on wheels. When he wanted to rush, he was he almost unblockable. Um, so I was, I was aware of it, but I there was no advantage to, on my end to you know. Again, the only advantage would be is. If he paid me $50,000 to give him a sack, which he didn't pay me a dollar. Yeah, I, mm. Kyle, you and you do a great job with these questions and you do the work. Uh, but the one question I would have asked there as a follow-up, why are you lying to me? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I'm born and raised in Chicago. Uh, it's, far, it's very difficult to look at your, your heroes or your nemesises or all that and be like, Dude, you are so full of crap. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stop it. When Brett, when Brett goes to the, well, you know, I, I had the, the bootleg option on that. I was like, Brett, what do you, who are you, Lamar Jackson? There, there was no naked bootleg option for Brett. Late, late career, Brett Favre to bootleg into the Strahan side of the field. Stop it. You like Strahan. You knew about yeah. the record. You have clearly taken a vow of silence for the rest of your life because you know what? We'll cheapen it even further, even though it's already dollar store. Then you don't want to admit it. And so, save me the mm. song and dance about well, I what would the real crime would have been if I lost the ball? I mean, he he was singing about that stuff. Like, yes, detector needle was buried. Wow! <laughs> like let it go. You'll feel better. Bread Farms like carrying that weight. At some point, you just gotta uh, you gotta let it go. You mentioned you're you're a Bears fan. I yeah. just was thinking about this fan uh, interaction we had yesterday we, with some fancy. We got to do like a question and answer. And I I was on the other side of thing of one fan who said you shouldn't be rooting for multiple teams. These two guys kind of don't don't understand that. And it made me think of your your Bills Mafia kind of um, yeah. allegiance this year. And yeah. I get it. I wasn't a Bills guy this year, but I get it. Like we're, we're talking football day, whether your team is doing well or not, like it, I, the point of sports for me is like if you're watching two teams, you root for one of them. I, I just naturally, if I'm watching two tennis players, I root for one of them. And like you end up like falling for these. I don't know why I love the Carson Palmer Bengals like throughout the time. So what yeah. is your thoughts? I'm curious about like sports bigamy or just like rooting for multiple teams. You have your main team, but what's your thought about multiple teams? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, you're selling it short at bigamy. It is full on polygamy. Like, this is a Bill Paxton and with collecting Big lives love. on HBO. Here's what it is. If you guys, you cover NFL, like, everybody does it now, but I know you guys are in the trenches, you know, when it's like OTAs and rookie camp. And if you're really into all of it, it's like, I get sick of the same cereal all the time. Like the Chiefs cereal, the Packers cereal, it's like, it's just frosted flakes every day and it's delicious and it's great. But then someday, like, your wife's like, you know what? 
I thought about bringing home some damn golden grams. You're like, mm-hmm. wow, that's a different thing. The Buffalo Bills and the Browns were golden grams or at least fruity pebbles this year. And so I tend to gravitate towards <laughs> the, um, the anomalies, the newcomers, the new thing. And it's that was the Bills this year, and that was the Browns. The problem right now that we're all facing is that the Frosted Flakes of Mahomes, like they're going to be – we bought 50,000 boxes of those. They're not going anywhere. We have to eat mm. these. I mean, there's a pallet of them in our garage. So, so good, I, though. It, it, so I mean, good. they're really, really good. But even the greatest thing ever, you're like, oh, my God, another bowl of Frosted Flakes, another <laughs> Mahomes to Kelsey play. Like, it's great, and I respect it. I just like that new injection of something nuts. Like, oh, my God, Stephon Diggs is on the Bills and he's unstoppable. This is kind of fun. Well, I think Greg is selling us just a tad short because I, I you know, we even DM'd a bit and I was telling you that your your mission to raise awareness of the Bills and celebrate mm. what they were doing, I'm totally with you on that. I think there are good guy teams where I just feel a good energy around them. And the Chiefs, they're not boring to me, but it's like, I don't know if I need to watch like, a an like a Tecmo Bowl on acid every Sunday. So I'm this is like I'm, I'm me though rooting that. against Michael Jordan. When I look back on it, I was like, why why did I expend that much energy rooting against him and not enjoying like the greatness? Now it's like I just want to enjoy. At least so in this case, Knicks I want to enjoy the greatness. Yeah, I was a Celtics yeah. fan. I mean, it, they were pretty out of it, but it was like you know. You, but you, you know, Greg, it. something you and I had talked about when I come on here before is that there are. This also has something to do with the fan base when you start rooting for them. Like, there's some fan bases that are just snobby as hell, and there's some that are like thirsty, and there's some that are a little scared, and there's some that are kind of horny. Like, they all have their different <laughs> characteristics. So, like, some of them, if you were to give a hype speech to be like, we can do it, they'd be like, shut up, poser. Like, you don't know our team. Screw you. But there's certain teams like Buffalo, certainly like Cleveland. If you tell them, like, hey, man, no one believes in you. Like they are, they they love it. They want to hear it. It's they true don't too. Yeah. Who's it. horny? What what fan base is horny? I want to know. Um. Well, I I think it would be the Las Vegas Raiders. Just so you went super, home, you yeah. look around the great artists super that they see. I, and I think you know their their coach, their 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 late owner. There there is a, a a threat of horniness through the Raiders that I think we can we can't all de- deny. Highly <laughs> arousing, um, in silver black land. All right, let's now. This is a tradition on the Around the NFL podcast Super Bowl preview show. And uh, really, this speaks to how high we hold uh, Kyle Brett and the high esteem that we hold for him. We want him to be a part of our Go Get My Lunch turd Um, Super Bowl propositions where we make one bold prediction about the game. Hang your onions, sirs. uh, And we see if it plays out. Um, I'm having a really good season in the prediction game, and if okay. I can, if I can land, if mm. I can land this Super Bowl prediction, I'm going to. I think Greg and I know you and I are closest in the all-time standings. I will I'll jump out. I think potentially to a significant lead. So a lot on the line mm. here. Um, Kyle, this will be his first sandwich prop of all time. Yep. Um, so, so I'll let you um, uh, hang back for for the first uh, setup, so you know how we all do it. And I would like Greg to get us going uh, with the sandwich. Wait, by okay. the way, Dan, I mean, if 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 Kyle goes one and zero, your business about jumping out ahead and it it, it doesn't matter. He'd just be That's leading right. the, the standings. And just so well. so, if you're a new listener or uh, for Kyle's purposes, Greg will now make a prediction about the game. You could either agree with Greg and say, "Yep, I see that," or you could say, "No, no, 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 I challenge thee," uh, and put a sandwich on the line, and, yeah. and then we see how it plays out. Um, 
Greg, get us going. I do think like Connor Orr went two and zero, you know, predicting something about Ryan Tannehill in twenty fourteen. So it's t- you know, he might be the all time guy. Well, it's like the batting title in baseball. It's like you have to have at least like one third yeah, of the plate appearances sure. or something like to qualify. But That's fair. let's not you know get caught up. So we talked about um, the pass rush of the Bucks earlier with Baldy, and you know I wanted to make sure we got this into part of the show that Jason Pierre Paul in twenty eleven had one of the best seasons and one of the best playoff runs of any defensive player I've ever seen. It's sort of been forgotten to history. Had a good Super Bowl, not a great one, but an unbelievable run uh, before that. I have loved watching this guy. I thought he was going to be an all-time great. He's had his moments ups. He's obviously had his obstacles. Uh, But the way he's been rushing the passer in this playoffs, he seems like a man possessed. He dominated against Eric Fisher last time out. Now you got Eric Fisher's backup in the game. I think Jason Pierre-Paul shows up on the biggest stage, has another monster, memorable performance. I'm going to say two sacks in the Super Bowl is my proposition, and it will shine some light on on one of the most fascinating characters, I believe, uh, in the NFL over the last decade. Mm. You know, a lot of feature stories, obviously, Kyle, this week, uh, because he's in the Super Bowl. He blew off a part of his hand uh, six years ago. I remember, I think I was working in the newsroom that day when it happened. It was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to this 4th of July party or whatever it happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. But but to come back the way he has, uh, Kyle, pretty amazing, JPP. Yeah, that's a very nuanced joke you made, too, there, Dan, about the 4th of July party. <laughs> Highbrow. I like it. Um, listen, what? I, so is, is, this when I, is this when I say go get a yeah, sandwich? Someone's going to take me up on me. So I say he's getting two sacks. That's hanging okay. some onions. And if you don't think that's going to happen, yeah, you take, you take me up on it. I will pick you up on it personally. Uh, okay. I will too. You know, that's a smart play. Wow. All right. I, I actually, I hate to make it a clean sweep here, but I also am going to, for only for yeah. the reason why, during Mahomes' media session this week, he fielded this a question from a reporter who was clearly English as a second language. I think it was from Mexico. And it was very endearing. I thought he asked the, this, the most basic question of all time. And it was like, he basically said, Patrick, what are the things you need to do to win this game? Like, you could have gone anywhere. And Mahomes actually handled it really earnestly. And the first thing out of his mouth was, I got to get rid of the ball quickly. I know that going to this game, I got to get rid of the ball quickly. And I thought, I'm like, wow, that's actually a really interesting answer. Mm. Because I always come away from these games, if there's one storyline that keeps coming up and being at the Chiefs offensive line injuries and COVID and the Bucks pass rush, if we're talking about it, they're talking about it a lot. And so I thought that moment from Mahomes tells me, I don't know if there's going to be the sacks we all think. I'm going to take you up on it, Rosie. All right. All right, there you go. So, sandwiches already on the line. Three of them. I'll go next. Um, All right. Gronk. Let's talk Gronk. And, Mark, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes with this because I know you've been referencing Gronk a lot this season, and I had called it out. Uh, No, no, you're not. I come up with eight different – Bets, so I can do whatever I whatever I. Okay, pay. they're not bets. Sandwich. Sandwiches. Yeah. We don't use the B word. Yeah, Propositions. Not, we don't do that. Um, Gronk is obviously a different player at this stage. We talked about it a little bit with Baldy earlier today. Um, he's not a focal point of the Tampa Bay offense. However, Gronk always makes a big play. The last time he was in the Super Bowl against the Rams, as Greg knows, an otherwise completely forgettable Super Bowl. Gronk made the big play downfield uh, that really uh, locked things up for New England. And I think even though he is minimized in this offense, at least as a pass catcher, something's going to happen in this game. I think he's going to have a touchdown catch and a big one. I'm going to hang on you in here. I think it's a touchdown kick a catch that allows the Bucks to either pull even, uh, <laughs> you know, with a PAT 
uh, or even go ahead of the Chiefs in the fourth quarter or a game winner in overtime. Gronk with a huge uh, touchdown in this Super Bowl. Well, this is a classic Mark move in the sandwich game, which is go ultra specific and make it almost impossible to win. And so uh, I don't know if I would have taken the Gronk scores a touchdown because like, yeah, that's what I'm rooting for. I want that to happen. I could see it. I bet it actually would mean something to Brady. He's going to want to get Gronk a touchdown. Uh, but the, as as like, yeah, thread a, threading that needle is too tough. I'm taking you on that. I mean, he had 100 yards when they met in week 12. And mm-hmm. so this is one way I think you can – um, put the Chiefs on their heels on defenses with with a tight end that can catch the ball. And, and I'm totally with you that if Brady has one goal, I mean, you know, you're a Bears fan, Kyle. Remember when when Walter Payton did not score a touchdown in that Super Bowl sure. and everyone else is carrying Buddy Ryan off the field. And well, I'll never forget, I was really young, but Walter Payton had a whole different look on his face. So I think getting Gronk a touchdown matters to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, Dicka has said for years that he regrets giving the touchdown to Refrigerator Perry. Although, Dan, I'm new to this game. I can already tell maybe it's the Jets fan in you. There's there's an aspect of sentimentality that you're putting out there rather than realism. We all want the Disney story to Gronk and he does the spike. The reality is I think the Cameron Braid is far more likely to score that touchdown mm, you're talking about. So I'm like going to take you on this, a sandwich, and I want a hot sandwich. I don't think Gronk scores. Yeah, uh, that that's fair. Did you, Mark, where did you come down on it? I will take you because I, I okay. the only way I win any of these is by – you guys I, getting them wrong. Sure. You know, last year, part of this is I played it a little safe last year. Everyone was really hot on this podcast on the Niners. So I yeah. got behind the Chiefs. And I and, and my prediction last year was Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP. And I got that, which, you know, in retrospect, maybe a little overly safe. So this year I'm ramping it up. And if I if this one checks out, like I said, this would be an all-time go-get-my-lunch season. Now, I also, Kyle, on your behalf, that shows you, you know, you could do something uh, very safe. Um, not that Greg's was safe, or you can do something really risky like I just yes. did. What is your sandwich prop for Super Bowl 55? Mine is not safe. My, mine's not safe at all. Um, I just think it's incredible to think that um, with a game that if you count the coaches years from now, we could be looking back at this Super Bowl as having as many as six, seven, eight Hall of Famers that played in this game or coached in this game. It's a lot. And yet, Imagine if the biggest play of the game was made by a five foot nine wide receiver from Bowling Green. Scotty mm. Miller, scooter. Of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the scooter, will have a touchdown of over 40 yards. And as he's scoring it, he will throw up the deuces like Tyreek Hill. That's <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> if if that happens, I think that would top uh, it'd be close. It might top Mark. Uh, predicting that Baker Mayfield would enter a game in week three and bring the Browns to glory and somehow nailing it. I might not even remember your prediction exactly right, but he did that It was the Browns-Jets game, but yeah. He, he did I that mean, before you guys the season the Philly started. special one, but yeah. Yeah, he did we that also, before this season. But okay. yeah, no, that, that was excellent. I, I will take you, but I love I love what you what you came up with there. Now, you Thank have you. to understand, this is not a horseshoes or hand grenades situation, Kyle. Sometimes <laughs> I okay. argue with Mark about this because he'll get some of a prediction right, but not others. If there is a 40, 50-yard touchdown, he doesn't throw up the deuces. You owe me a chicken parm sandwich, Kyle. Yeah. I like it that way. I think Scotty okay. Miller's only got a little bit of wise little. ass in him. I think he's got it already planned, and I think he will. I'm fine with it. Wow. Little Bay All Cities. Right. I wonder if you have uh, any insight. Now, it's good to see you uh, rooting for, like, um, 
you know, a nice long touchdown from Brady. I know you and Brady had some differences this season, you know, getting on him a little bit for the postgame <laughs> yeah. stuff. There was a great moment that just happened this past week. We covered on Good Morning Football. It was where Nate was interviewing Brady over Skype, and he comes up and he goes, oh, this is Brady. What's up, Nate? I love your show. I love you and Peter and Kay. It's a great <laughs> show, man. <laughs> Brady said that. Yeah, it was incredible, and that can't possibly be an accident. And now I know what it's like to be Nick Foles and to be left hanging when you all you want is sports. Uh, so really <laughs> right, you, awesome. you've gotten on Brady for not shaking hands with, with other quarterbacks yeah. and, and things of that nature. Did you, and you can tell us, we're in the trust tree here, did yeah. you ever hear from Bucks PR or did Brady's people reach out to anyone higher up in our building about uh, you know your behavior on the show? <laughs> your behavior. Yeah, you wonder. You hear the radio is so powerful. Like you look out your window at night. You know, if you say right. anything critical. <laughs> now, I, the irony is, is that I am. I love the Bucks and I love Jason Light and all the people in their PR departments. And even listen, let's be honest here. We all work for the NFL to come out and say Tom Brady is a poor sport is maybe not the best business choice. But no, never heard anything. And it's maybe because they know I was right. Yeah, that was a fair point. It was a fair point. It was hard to argue. I love that you now have evidence and perhaps very strong evidence, though, that Tom Brady is well aware uh, of what you were saying and didn't like it one bit. All right. So we all we all take the sandwiches with Kyle. Right. So far, we've taken everything, which is how we do. That's how you do it. It's a good sign. Finally, Mark Cecil. I have two that are absolute locks, so I'm, I really struggled um, with which one to pick. But I'm going to go with this. Uh, this individual is on my radar, and it's a very talented person, but the overpromotion of um, one of his uh, productions, The Weeknd. I've heard enough of this song, oh. but I'm going to say something for you here. The Weeknd does something. Um, Speaking of things you're not allowed to say on NFL uh, media airwaves, well, you'll be taken out back by the end of the show. This will be my final appearance on this oh. podcast. But uh, – the weekend will do something very controversial during his uh, performance. Mm. Now, I want to wow. tear it because I'm not saying that it's going to be um, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson. Um, it's not going to be like Sinead O'Connor ripping up a picture of the Pope. But let's go down just a little bit. It's going to be at the level where it's a major, um, it's a giant subplot to the game to the point where here's where I here's the bar. It will be a it will be it will get a block of news on CNN. And be discussed on like PBS, like non, like they're not going to discuss okay. the football. Yeah. They're going weekend and what the weekend did during his halftime performance. Wow, okay. I'm impressed. Does it have to be on PBS? Uh, just or CNN. He said we got to have Ricky, you know, CNN. DV, start DVRing, you know, the post game news coverage just to to confirm this. But I, I will gladly uh, take this sandwich. I kind of want to live in a world where this happens, though, and usually I just pick what I want to root for and. Uh, it would be delightful uh, for the weekend to to maybe have his Janet Jackson moment. I don't know how he would do it. Maybe like a a, a piano on fire that like ruins the forty yard line or something like that would work. I because I want to make sure we're all on the same page because sometimes we get into trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if like Beyonce came out or something and did a duet and everyone loves Beyonce, or if like Beyonce and Taylor Swift came out and. There was some type of like stunt in terms of a no. special guest. No, 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 no. You're no. talking about something going off script. I, I, off script. Where controversial. Like the NFL, and and also like I just expect like Taylor Swift to come out at these shows at this point. Like they, yeah. they're always going to ramp these things up. A controversial meaning um, the NFL is not thrilled not at else. all. Okay. Okay. Um, you know there is a mystery about the weekend, isn't there? Like you know we know everything about Madonna, when he, Beyonce, Lady Gaga. I, 
I feel like the weekend is much more up and coming and maybe we don't know much what, how he works. Um, can I press you for this? Do you imagine like it's maybe something pertaining to social justice or politics? Like what do you have in mm. mind? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that we're in a, obviously a let, less hot place than we would have been a year ago. Yes. So, uh, but I do think it will be along the lines of, um, it, it, to your point, a lot of people don't know who the weekend, what, what's going on there. It's like, how do we, how does he become thrust into the zeitgeist forever? Um, it will be a statement, probably something. I mean, this is just my sense. This is not part of the official line, but I think it will be um, politically charged to some degree. Again, the NFL will be like, ooh, well, that's not what we were hoping for. All right. I like it. Wow, okay, I'll I like take it. you on that. I hope it happens. I hope I lose these sandwiches. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating, man. You, I, I, I don't think it'll happen either. Uh, I, I think he's going to blow our minds by somehow involving the Tampa Bay pirate ship in his act, which will be great, Ooh, but not controversial. But um, sh- uh, listen, I know where I was during that Panthers Patriots Super Bowl at the halftime thing, and it, everybody does. If it happens, I'll be there. But I will take you with sandwiches as well. All right. This is the first um, Super Bowl prop, I feel like, that didn't include, you know, space aliens or a natural disaster from Mark. So, actually, this has been – this is pretty tame for him, Kyle. Well, the only – the one I did not take was the sky cam falling from okay, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that feels like it would be a little too ominous. But I, have a, you know, I had a dream about that. Just to put a bow on it. Also, no yeah. ceiling there. But, now know. that you got me thinking – and you got me thinking about the where we are and what's happened to the past year and the fact that the weekend um an R&B pop star is performing this might be the year where Janet shows up hmm. that would be oh, my oh. Like, my guess and, that, and then she does like a, a one of her big hits or some type of duet and that that wouldn't count though cuz that would be on it script. would not i, I think they that. that would be planned so all right hmm. okay. Kyle we did everybody right that's yeah. it yeah Kyle um You've you've done it again. Uh, what else can be said? You've you've said it all. You've done it all. And there's so much more to come in the Kyle Brandt story. We're just happy to be just like a small part of it uh, this week. Thank, part of the story right now is like Mark just made me nervous. Like I, now I'm like <laughs> I, I'm like a little bit scared of the halftime. I thought it was just going to be a blinding lights and I can't feel my face. Now I'm going to be like it's going to be more exciting than the game. Mark, you freak me out, man. <laughs> it, it it's it will get me to watch the halftime show. So uh, you know maybe Mark, early, maybe it was selfish. You've certainly done something that's almost impossible with the production as coordinated as the Super Bowl for the NFL. It feels dangerous now, potentially. Mm. Mark's yeah, been right just enough on these things to, I think, make all of us nervous when he when he makes them. Because yeah. usually it doesn't end well. Usually these ones don't okay. end well. Well, it's a quote a weekend song, Mark. I, I, I see it coming. I, that, or I feel it coming, <laughs> whatever the hell it is. That song will be played for you, my man. I hope you're wrong. But, guys, always fun. Always a pleasure. I, I would do this anytime. I love you guys. All Thanks, right, Kyle. Love you too, Kyle. Thank, Thank you. you. The great Kyle Brandt um, always delivers. And uh, hey, Ricky, let, why don't you jump in? I wanted to see if uh, if you had a sandwich prop um, to throw in before we sign off. I think, and this is this is a little crazy here. Chad Henney will throw one pass. That's it could one. be one pass. Mahomes is sidelined for anything. It could be a trick play. But Chad Henney will throw a pass in the Super Bowl. I love that. That's creative because it could come through disaster. It could come through, um, like you're saying, a quick break from Mahomes or Andy Reid. Because we were asking, I think, on another show, is Andy Reid still coming up with new plays and new wrinkles? Um, this would be one. 
Well, I'll Mark loves you. it because no one predicts injuries in this uh, exercise more than Mark. And it, it would be an amazing call if Chad Henney did it with a healthy Patrick Mahomes there. Chad Henney has never um, done that before. And I would I, I think it's basically predicting injury. So there's no I'm definitely taking you up on this. I'm not rooting for Patrick Mahomes to get hurt. Come on. Yeah, I, I'll take you up on it because I think there is enough wiggle room where morally, Mark, I feel OK with taking this because there is this idea that. Andy Reid has a wrinkle. It was playbook that has Chad Henney passing on purpose with Patrick yeah. Mahomes available. That you look good. I don't believe it. I don't believe that in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes will uh, uh, be <laughs> completely shut out of any passes if he's healthy enough to do so. So I'll, I'll take you on it. They're game planning for Mahomes. You want to throw a little anything can happen out there? Sure. I mean, Reid could Subversive. do it. It's yep. fun. It's fun. Okay. It could. It could be a goal line thing. All right. Good stuff. Um, that was a fun show. We had a lot of um, really um, quality guests. I, I would say pound for pound the best show ever in terms of guests when you get Baldy, Mad Dog, and Kyle Brandt all together. And we did some good football talk. But before we sign off, it's time to predict the game. And um, I will start. I think uh, there's something obviously very special about the Chiefs and what they're doing uh, these last three years with Mahomes as the starter. And if you told me that they do that thing that they tend to do this time of year and never punt in a game and the opposing team tries to keep up and maybe even does for a little bit, but ultimately they can't do it anymore. I would say, okay, that's an, that's, that's well within the range of the um, potential outcomes here, but I'm going to get behind uh, the story here, the Tom Brady story. And I just think it's such a, a fun story and it's something that, um, if he wins another Super Bowl uh, with a different team, how amazing that would be. And I just think they're stacked up well from a, uh, a strategic st- uh, standpoint with their skill players and their ability to score points. That's obviously something they can do. And they can attack certain weaknesses in uh, Kansas City's uh, secondary, maybe go after Daniel Sorensen a little bit. Uh, you have... Uh, this ability to attack and score points. And then you have the defense, which we've seen that pass rush. And we talked about Vita Vea now having two weeks. And I think they can maybe heat things up um, on Patrick Mahomes, who, even though he tells us he's healthy, maybe he's not quite 100% with his mobility. We'll find out very soon. So I think it's a close game. I've already kind of hinted or said outright that I think Gronk is going to score a big touchdown here. Uh, that will so that's a close game. I think it will be a 34-31 Bucks win, uh, and Tom Brady gets his seventh Super Bowl title mm. and ten bites at the apple. Hmm, that's Love interesting. It. 34-31, like that could. Oh, be and I'll lock goal. it up. You're gonna lock it up. Well, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> How would you? <laughs> no, I guess we don't. I guess I, I guess Super Bowl picks are. I choose are to lock it up. Yes. What about you guys? How about right. I go second because okay, Greg Mark, is the, the lock champion. So we mm. let's keep the the headliner for the end. Um, I I I have the Bucks winning a very close game, and I everything you said, Dan, um, I will I will echo without echoing it verbally. Um, the thing for me that I really was impressed with the Bucks against the Packers. If someone told me that Tom Brady would essentially melt down and throw three straight interceptions. Um, and yet they would come back and find a way to win that, not just with their offense, but the red zone defense and uh, Bruce Arians being hyper-aggressive before halftime on that touchdown to Scotty Miller and, and really turning the Packers into an offseason of chaotic having to a- answer questions about um, LaFleur's strategy. I think that's what happens when you lose these games. Um, I don't see this one going that way, though. I, I think this is 
for me, I sometimes struggle to like analyze games where I don't really trust either defense to hold anyone under 30 points. I've got the Bucks winning this thing 39-37. Um, I think what, they'll do the best they can to hang on, but I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to make a lot of mistakes. I don't expect Tom Brady to, you know, to repeat a multiple interception game. I think you're going to get the best of both and the best story in sports with Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl at this age. It's incredible. Wow. You guys jump in on the Bucks bandwagon right at the end. I wanted to do it. It's where my heart is. Uh, my kids and, and I will be rooting for them. I'm taking the Chiefs to win 35-33. We do uh, game day view on Fridays. You should check that out and check around, check out the Around the NFL broadcast because we're going to have some different elements in there and talk about the game there. That's what we call a thread the needle game because this the points here are three. So I'm taking the, the Bucks to somehow keep it closer than that. But I, I can't pick against Mahomes. I've actually – I don't think I've ever picked against Mahomes – at all, except for that AFC championship game against the Patriots. And that was only because they were playing the Patriots in a big spot. And what's the the fun in that? I look at the Chiefs in the playoffs and the whole thing we talked about, like, are they just going to crank it up when we get to January? Yeah, that's happened on offense, but it's happened more on defense. Their defense has been awesome. You know, if Josh Allen doesn't hit one of the you know, best or luckiest or craziest throws ever with about four minutes left, like they finished that game with 15 points. The, the Buffalo Bills and they're getting they're getting to the pass rush it's mostly the guys in the back end being able to cover I've seen this Bucks team and I really love watching them but they're they go through like quarters where they just go away and they, they've even done that in the playoffs and I think that's really hard to beat the Chiefs and do that you, you Baldy talked about it happened in the first quarter and it's just like so little separating these two teams I can absolutely see Tampa winning um, but Mahomes mentally right now is there. And if I'm going to take uh, just looking at the, you know, body of work, Spags in the playoffs, what he's done, getting free rushers, and what he did week 12, where it wasn't Patrick Mahomes who was scrambled. It was Tom Brady who was a little scrambled with all the free rushers and them not knowing where to block and everything. I do think maybe Spags uh, and the defense is just a, a little bit better in the end, and uh, I just can't pick against Mahomes, so I'm taking them 35-33. Give us a lot of points. I think what we all agree on here is, you know, if you're into the desert, we all feel maybe even stronger about uh, a lot Bang of that points. Over. Yeah, Bang exactly. That over. A lot of points in this game uh, more than anything. Yeah, and now watch it be 13-10, to 10. but uh, probably <laughs> not. It's probably going to be a game where there's – uh, we all have it in the 30s, so that is that that would be a lot of fun. It, it seems like where that's where the NFL is right now, and these are two teams with offenses that nobody really has been able to stop. So, it sounds like a lot of fun. So, while it would be great for us to uh, be in Tampa right now under normal circumstances and watching the game, we get to watch it at home with our families and and then talk about it on Sunday night. So, make sure you're back. For that and before the Sunday night show, remember, we have another entirely uh, original program uh, on Friday on NFL Network. It is our Super Bowl special for the Around the NFL broadcast. So check that out at, I believe, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, we got will... a big guest there, Ryan Fitzpatrick on big the show, too. Yes, Fitz Magic. And I am going to ask him, how about this for a tease? Um, when did he achieve, in his mind, peak Fitz Magic? So I'm going to give him the options, like and we'll get his answer. Uh, and talk to him about a couple other things, because he's in an interesting situation in his career and with a very interesting team. So we got we have that. Great stuff. Uh, and again, the flagship show, Sunday night, Super Bowl, our eighth Super Bowl recap program. All right, that's it. Anything else? 
Covered everything, right? Good. Every hey. drop. All right. This is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Old Boss, Baldy, Kyle Brandt, Chris Mad Dog Russo, are you kidding me? And Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass. Until Super Bowl Sunday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.